the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Friday Eve. Thank Jesus. Yeah, we're rolling into the weekend, babies. And I, I couldn't I couldn't come at a better time for me. It's been a week. Um, things exploding down in Florida or exploding on what was supposed to happen in Florida. Trump made a major announcement today as part of his daily coronavirus briefing. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what should be exploding, an explosive story can, that should be rocking the country right now in terms of uh, more developments, more proof of a coup attempt that took place under the Obama administration. Nobody's really talking about it, but we're going to talk about it here on tonight's show. We're also going to talk about uh, the story that got a good bit of coverage yesterday and continuing today, but I'm not really sure that people understand the explosiveness of it and what it means. And uh, that involves the Chinese consulate down in Texas. And so, well, we've got a friend of the show, uh, John Guandolo is going to be back with us. He's a fan favorite on the show because uh, he's former FBI and um, he's a Naval Academy graduate and he's uh, trained uh, many of our law enforcement agencies and organizations around the country on all the different threats that we face as a nation. And so he really is my go-to guy for anything threat related. He's going to be here to help us understand what's going on with China in Texas. Remember, we had Clay Clark on the show on Monday and told everybody to Google Texas and 130,000 acres. And the Chinese, the Chinese were doing some sketchy stuff in Texas. And then two days later, the news broke that Pompeo was telling uh, China to skedaddle out of the Lone Star State. So we're going to talk about that. Um, big explosive news coming out of the football league today with a major announcement we got to talk about that and more so glad to have you guys here with me follow me on twitter at andrea k show we are streaming live on facebook right now at the answer san diego and um so i i i I read even if i don't have time to read the comments on air uh, i always uh, read them throughout the show and i just love you guys so much for being a part of the show you're my family out there keep those comments rolling um you can also call in the show, 888-344-1170. And um, you can email me as well. I get a lot of emails. I don't talk about it a lot, but I do get a lot of emails from people with comments and questions to me. You can email me at andreakshow.com. And uh, somebody, I was telling my man here uh, before the show, we were talking about a big announcement Trump made today. And, it, you know, it's it's gotten uh, it's gotten a lot of support, but also a lot of people that are not really happy about it. And I had to tell my man here before save it for air. We're going to talk about it on air. And of course, I'm referring to my man, DJ Potato Skins. Fauci is a small man, so he's going to wear one of those uh, tiny helmets they serve ice cream in. <laughs> uh. 
Yeah, I got to tell you, that's something else I wasn't too pleased about. Fauci throwing out the first pitch of my favorite sport. But, you know, that's okay. I'm two for two today. Yeah, you're two for two. What, what's the other one you're upset uh, about? Trump dropping the ball. Dropping the ball. Interesting you put it that way. Trump made the announcement, in case you had not heard, that he is canceling the uh, convention in Jacksonville. The way I look at it, he held the rally. This is no different. Right. I mean, uh, there's there's different schools of thought out there. And of course, I put it out to you guys, my family on Facebook and said, you know, Trump canceled uh, the Jacksonville convention. Of course, there's people out there wanting to get into the nits. Well, he only canceled the Jacksonville portion of the convention. The delegates are still going to meet. No, 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 no. Let's not try to let's not try to spin this. Okay, he canceled the show. Okay, and the. There's uh, the impact of the speeches that are given, not just with the nominee of the party, but everybody else involved in it. And the impact of that, the excitement, the enthusiasm, the ability to sway the voters out there who are still undecided cannot be cannot be understated. Now we've been talking about it. I don't think the Trump of 2016 would have made that move. I don't think he would have either, but I don't think that it, but it's hard for me to criticize because, you know, this is one man who's at it alone. This is a man who went to DC and we got, we're going to get into an update on the coup attempt in in a moment after the first break. But this is a man who, and I said it that I said a couple things. First of all, I was the only person who predicted, you remember this, uh, DJ Taterskins, back when I was doing Tuesdays with AK on Craig's sewing show, I picked and, you know, Elhoff told me I was crazy. Remember, I picked Trump. Back after the first debate, and nobody ever laughed at you. Everybody laughed at me. Everybody thought it was crazy. And then I said, after he got elected, I said, we must set, and and this is my corporate sales days, uh, it's important to set proper expectations. And the expectation you must have, if you've been paying attention, you understand that he faces two opposition parties. I I figured out early on into President Bush's uh, administration that he was no different than the left, that his compassionate conservatism was liberalism in disguise. And so I knew that he faced two two opposition parties going into there. And so I said we had to have proper expectations about what he was going to be able to accomplish. Fast forward three years. And, of course, I was right. Paul Ryan, immediately they got him to sign his name to this big budget omnibus bill. Uh, they were going to cut spending going into September, to, you know. But then it was, well, we can't have a government shutdown. You know the whole story. In the middle of all that, the Republicans were completely supporting Jeff Sessions recusing himself and handing over uh, the government to, you know, the the tree treasonous traitors seeking to overturn the will of the people in this country and the man's wore out and after all of that after everything that he has endured three years of a coup attempt one after the other phase one of the coup attempt phase two of the coup attempt phase three of the coup attempt i mean we're no break i mean on the day that trump what was announcing the travel ban on the coronavirus was the day nancy pelosi was handing out pens for impeachment I mean, he has spent his entire presidency ha- having his family, his friends, everybody related to his campaign being sought after for prosecution, criminal and personal financial destruction. And then he's faced with a situation on top of the fact that he was right when he said that the, the media was the enemy of the people, because their first thing that they do when they caught wind of this, they saw an opportunity to seize it, to cripple the U.S. economy. They knew that they had scientists i.e. politicians with comma md after their names that they could use against the president of the united states and more importantly against the people he has been put in the worst possible position that anybody could be put in as a president so it's hard for me to find fault that being said i do think it was a mistake 
because immediately the left said, here he is coming out the gate, canceling the convention, saying he's got to protect the people at this then transitions and shifts and alters into why we have to reopen the schools. There is no way that you can please the left. He is never going to get a fair shot from the media. He is never going to get any fairness from anybody on the left. Not to the day he's out of office. No, there's, not, it's not happening. And even then, they even then the Southern District in New York and it, whatever Democrats in office is going to continue to go after him and his family. The only thing that he can do is do what he thinks is right. And he may actually think that this is the right thing. He may not be looking at some of the numbers and things that we're looking at. He, I, I think that he's getting bad advice from people. I, I think that um, because if if he's not going to win any votes from the base, he's not going to lose the base. He didn't lose the base with this decision today. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he lost the base because I think the base, are, are, as David Horowitz said the other day, we're smart enough to see what the what the option is. Well, maybe it's like the mask thing. Maybe there's a bigger picture here that he's really focusing on because I didn't see the bigger picture on that until you brought that up. Well, well, I, I, the bigger picture, though, is the silver lining. I think had he gotten ahead of it with the mask thing, uh, we would not have masks and six-foot distancing being used as tools to continue the economic destruction in this country. And him now coming out and supporting masks to take the wind out of their cells and say, okay, you know, if you believe in masks, then reopen the country, it's still a loss. Because I'm looking at images of these school kids. There has not been one. First of all, there is nobody who disagrees with the fact that children are not catching this. And if a child's not catching it, then he's not giving it to another child. So there's no explanation, no justification for children having to, even if we reopen schools, no ch- for no any child to be sitting in a mask or sitting six foot away from another kid. If you're concerned about a 40-year-old teacher catching it with no immune system, who's got a greater likelihood of dying from being struck by lightning probably, then have that teacher put a mask on and be six feet away from the kids. But to have children have be, be trained to, to sit in a mask all day long, breathing in their own human waste and their own snot that they've breathed into that mask, no dropping it on sense. the floor, dropping it on the floor, getting it covered with crap and germs and putting it back on their face, not being able to go to the playground, not being able to to sit and, and have a meal with their friends. It, it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You, We can now see... We can see the stupidity. We can, it's blatant how the left is exploiting this for power. When they reopened bars and restaurants, then they shut them down again. Then it was, well, you can't. And this, and this is not just Gavin Newsom. It's not just Cuomo. Every Democrat governor is now saying, you can, not only do you have to have a meal with your, with your alcohol, it can't be cheese sticks. It can't be buffalo wings. It can't be pizza bites. It must be only specific types of food count as meals. This is off the rails in insane and to me anything that appeases that anything that feeds into that nonsense is a mistake in my opinion and then on top of it you've got to look back and realize as julie kelly who's been on the show before author of disposable uh not disposable um disloyal opposition she's got an article out on on am greatness we're going to talk about in a minute one of the things she said was don't you get it now this is a result that they wanted with all the phony Florida's at the epicenter of the next coronavirus spike crap. What were we talking about last week? Over f- almost 400 testing sites in Florida were busted for only reporting positive cases. Why would they be doing that? Didn't it feed the media narrative that, oh my gosh, Florida is the new hotspot? It was a way to go out, go at DeSantis, and it was also a way to go at the, at the Trump convention because they knew decisions need to be made. Then on top of it, now we've got more. 
more stories coming out of Florida. So we we know we know that they were counting. They were not including any negative results in their numbers. We now know, according to new new results coming out, that people that got in line to take a test and left still their name was still counted as a positive test, which in, which increased the numbers. We also know that they were adding in antibody tests with positive test results of people with a virus to inflate the numbers. We also know that they're including that if you if you um, took the test and got a positive and then had to continue to be retested in order to show that you could go back to work, that that's continuing to be added to the numbers. This is a bunch of crap. And it put and it was meant to put Trump in the position to, to go forward with the convention. And then at the same time, we had the sheriff coming out and saying, I can't keep people safe. I can't, I can't provide safety. And that has to do with the Antifa and the anarchists and terrorists running around this country and concerns over safety. So this shutting down that convention was what the left wanted. We are supposed to be a free society. And if I want to take a risk on my livelihood and go into a convention and take a risk on on what Trump, I wish what Trump would have said was, I'm for shutting down the convention because I'm concerned about people's health. But we don't tell people they can't drive a car. We don't tell people that they can't fly an airplane. We can't tell people that they can't learn to fly and be a pilot. We don't tell people they can't go up in these little glider port things off of, like Tory Pines glider port. We don't tell people they can't surf because they might get ta- attacked by a shark like a teenager was in Australia. We don't do that in this country. We, do, we allow people to smoke cigarettes. We allow people to eat themselves into, the, into obesity, which is really what's killing people when they get coronavirus. So we're not going to shut down the convention because we believe that people have a right to make choices in their life, even if that choice means they might catch a virus like the flu and die in December. However, I don't that that, it's easy for us to say that when we're not the one faced with making the decision. We're going to take a break and we come back. We're going to shift gears into other topics. Um, would love to hear from you guys. 888-344-1170. We'll touch a little bit more on the coronavirus because there's some up, up news to share with you on that. And then we're going to shift gears into what, what should be talked about but's not. And that's more evidence of the Obama administration, worse than Watergate, illegally spying on the opposition party. Follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. And I had a nurse at, at, uh, nurses at uh, Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my ear <laughs> and go home and get me pillows. They would make sure they'd actually, probably nothing ever taught in, uh, you can't do it in the COVID time, but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to get, get me moving. <laughs> I had not heard that till you told me about it. I, I, I'm just ear to ear grinning right now. Oh my gosh! Does that not sound like a skit from *In Living Color*? A show that could not be made today, by the way. Can you just see Jim Carrey? If Jim Carrey still had a sense of humor, if you were allowed to have a, a sense of humor, at least against the Democrats, we that would sh- *Saturday Night Live* should already be in the works. They should already be have have that out on YouTube right now. And I had a nurse at at uh, nurses at. Uh, Walter Reed Hospital, who would bend down and whisper in my ear. Wow. And go home and get me pillows. They would make sure they'd actually, probably nothing ever taught in, uh, you can't do it in the COVID time, but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me 
move. I'm actually now trying to picture Jim Carrey doing this as (laughs) Joe Biden. It's cracking me up. Well, think about how absolutely insane this is. And he gets away with it because he's a Democrat, right? But, I mean, the idea of a nurse blowing up your nostrils, if you're having trouble breathing, they put you on oxygen. (laughs) They put you on oxygen, man, and going home getting you pillows. I mean, you know, he's gone from, uh, look look at the transgression here. He went from bragging about how he had threatened Corn Pop with a chain. Now he's bragging about how nurses came in and blew hair up his nostrils. Does anybody really believe whether whatever missteps anybody might think Trump has made on the COVID? And by the way, when Biden was asked uh, on Joy Reid's show to give give examples of what he would do differently with the coronavirus than Trump, he didn't have anything different to give. Oh, he would shut down the economy. He would do testing. He would push a vaccine. I mean, I mean, really, there's breaking news. The government cannot keep you from getting a virus. The, you, you, here's some more breaking news. Evidently, the American people need to hear this. You're going to die. Sorry you heard it here on the Andrew what? K. Show. Yeah, you're going to die. And the government can do very little to stop that from happening. The, you know, that that's but we're oh, the, we're all in this together. There's no getting together and joining hands and and singing in lockstep. I want to hear the the world to sing or whatever the song was that can keep you from dying. OK, um, but I'm not buying the polls that Biden is up by four, 14 points. If he's up, he's very narrowly up. I don't even believe that. I don't believe it is either. Do I think that there are enough people in this country that have been, the culture has been shifted enough towards Marxism and they know that he's just a figurehead for the Democrat Party and that, you know, they're, you know, that, and they really want Marxism? Absolutely. I do think there's an, enough of those uh, people out there that, that would, would vote for him. I mean, the country is still split. You know, we're still there's about 40 percent. And actually, Romney in 2012, had he been a halfway decent candidate, he was right when he was caught off Mike saying 40 something percent of the country can't be reached because they have already been effectively turned into Marxists with the indoctrination done in the schools. They've got their hand out. They don't understand or appreciate what this country is all about. And they want us. They want us a, a, a socialist system. That's absolutely true. Um, a couple of things on coronavirus. Julie Kelly's been on the show. We're, we're trying to get her back on as soon as possible. She's got a book out called Disloyal Opposition, and she put up a piece on uh, AM Greatness today. I'm one of the many people that's been very critical of Fauci and Burks, but she points out um, in her article today that I put on Facebook that the one of the most, the, maybe even more powerful behind the scenes in terms of impact on what's going on with this country and the way the left is seizing this for power and stoking fear and fear mongering and all that is actually not even Fauci and Burks. It's a Dr. Scott Gottlieb. Um, uh, and it's one um, of the doctors I haven't heard of. Right. So you hadn't heard of him. He it was actually he's actually former head of the U.S. Food or current head of the F- U.S. Food and Drug Administration. He uh, former he was actually at the American. Uh, he was with the FDA. Now he's a fellow at American Enterprise Institute. He was the one that came up with the um, uh, 15 day flatten the curve. It was his idea. He's the one who, who established the phased-in process, and he was really the man behind the scenes who came up with the idea. And remember, think about this. American Enterprise Institute is supposed to be a conservative outfit. So he's the one who comes up with this phased-in approach. He was the first one, uh, according to Julie Kelly and AM Greatness, to say, you know, new normal can't, can't, can't happen again until we get a vaccine. So yesterday we get this big push 
we get this big announcement that Pfizer has done a deal with the government, a multi-billion dollar deal. Saw that. Well, guess what? This dude, Gottlieb, just happens to sit on the board of directors of Pfizer, the company that's going to get this billion dollar deal. And he just so happens to be one of the people against hydroxychloroquine, which was curing people until the government decided to come out against it, except the governors across the country that were and, and with the that were getting it for their families. So to many have little it, coincidences, Andrea. Yeah. So follow the money. Follow the money. And so, you know, that, you know, uh, he, he, this phased in crap and then the push for the mask and all that. This is all about. You didn't actually believe that the left when they said they were anti-Big Pharma, right? I mean, you know, Obamacare was nothing but an income redistribution scheme propping up the insurance companies in Big Pharma. And then add in. So then think about what this is all about. Can't have the new normal. Can't have kids back in school. Got to have everybody still thinking the mask. Got to prop up the numbers. Have everybody scared to death that they're going to catch this. Uh, got to you, you got to we, we got to keep things shut down or limping along, barely crawling along until we get a vaccination. And then on top of it, after that announcement, we got Bill Gates coming out and saying, now you're going to need multiple doses of the vaccination before uh, you can. Yeah, multiple doses. Before you can consider yourself immunized. I'll pass on my dose. Thank you. Right. What we need a dose of is equal justice in this country. Um, there's no no excuse, in my opinion, why Durham in, uh, has not wrapped up his investigation. No reason why Bill Barr has not already prosecuted people. We do not need additional evidence that crimes have occurred. We don't need additional evidence that a Democrat sitting president launched an illegal spying operation against the opposition party campaign actually put spies within the campaign listened in on phone calls lied to courts keep stretch it out i'm not ready to go to break yet give me an extra minute and then we'll, then we'll go to john guandolo i got to get to this i spent too much time on coronavirus this is absolutely important because every bit of this what the, what's going on right now with this coronavirus it's not just about making money for for the deep state in, in the you know it, you know the science community it's also about removing Trump from office. They wanted him to shut down that convention. That's why I wish it was going forth. And, and even if only five people showed up, it would be a show for freedom. But you, but the original, they are continuing to do everything that they can to overturn the will of the people. We must have prosecutions. We do not need additional information, but we have it. Uh, thanks to Ratcliffe, who was appointed as director of national uh, intelligence, he did what should have been done by G. Jeff Sessions, what should have been done by um, Christopher Ray and others. He declassified notes from Peter Strzok. Remember how we were told that, uh, well, of, of, of course, the, the, we needed to have crossfire hurricane. It actually started. There was, there was predication. There was probable cause to launch an investigation because George Papadopoulos supposedly bragged to people that he had information on Hillary Clinton. No, no. Come to find out now. Thanks to Ratcliffe declassifying notes from Peter Strzok. Peter Strzok sent in, uh, a spy into the Trump campaign. On August 17th, to stage a fake meeting with the Trump administration under the phony guise of of giving them a briefing on the Russians wanting to interfere in his campaign, that was a ruse. It was a spy that was in there to try to, um, same thing that they did with Papadopoulos. It was about trying to um, create information. It was it was spying. And they were trying to extract information that they could use. Here, here's what you need to know. 
And this comes from Sean Davis from The Federalist. On August 15th, 2016, Peter Strzok texted his lover, Lisa Page, about his, quote, insurance policy against Trump. On August 16th, the next day, Strzok opened an uh, FBI investigation against Flynn. On August 17th, the very next day, Strzok sent an FBI agent to stage a fake briefing to spy on Flynn and Trump. This was all done with the cooperation and the, the um, with somebody named... Pienka, as well as Kleinsmith. Uh, Pienka was the one that was sent in as the spy, uh, who opened up the case file, did all the notes, asked asked very st- strategic questions in that in that meeting in that briefing, in order to try to get information that they could use for the FISA courts and to use a, for for a phony investigation. Uh, who approved this? Kleinsmith. Let me refresh your memory on who Kleinsmith was. Kleinsmith was the FBI guy who forged a document that was presented to the FISA courts lying to say that Carter Page was an F was not a, a CIA operative, but was actually a Russia operative. So Kleinsmith, the dude who was behind this meeting and who sent this spy in is the same guy who forged documents at a FISA court. There is no excuse right now, A.G. Barr, for why this man has not been charged. There is no excuse for why Andrew McCabe, who lied under oath, has not been charged. There's no excuse for why Comey, whose charges have been recommended against him for leaking classified information. There's no excuse why these people have not been prosecuted. We had a coup attempt taking place. We had an illegal spying operation from a Democrat sitting president. This is far worse than anything a couple of bunglers did with with Watergate. To spy on the opposition party and then to try to create, try to manufacture evidence that they could use to have an insurance policy set up with, in, in which they could launch a coup attempt, which is exactly what they did. There's no need for any additional evidence. We're going to take a break. When we come back. We're going to f- further our discussion on spying. But as it relates to China, with our favorite threat expert of the show, John Guandolo, and we owe him an apology for him a few minutes late going to break. Stay tuned. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Before the break, we were talking about illegal spying. In that instance, it involves the former Democrat sitting president of the United States spying on the opposition party and then setting up a coup attempt. In this case, we got to talk about China and uh, the uh, Secretary of State Pompeo telling the Chinese consulate, y'all done, get on out. And then them saying today, oh, no, we're not going anywhere. Joining me now to discuss is my favorite uh, threat assessor, John Guandolo. He's president and founder of Understanding the Threat, which is the only organization in America providing tools to leaders, police, and citizens to identify and dismantle jihadi terrorist networks in their local communities. Now, this isn't an Islamic jihadist threat, but John understands all the threats facing uh, the United States. Anything related to national security, John knows all about it. Um, He's co-author of the book Sharia, the Threat to America, and author of the books Raising a Jihadi Generation and more. And um, he's former FBI agent, and he joins me now to discuss this this threat that we face. Hey, John, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Always awesome to be on with you. Well, thank you. Um, okay, so 
it seemed kind of out of the blue. And people were like, wait, what? First of all, we have a, a Chinese consulate in Houston. And why Houston? And what's going on down in Houston with China? What's this all about, John Guandolo? So there are a lot of uh, <laughs> there are a lot of different paths we can take in this discussion, but maybe uh, let me lay a few markers out for your audience. Uh, first of all, yes, the Chinese have six consulates in the United States. You've got one in Houston, which the U.S. government is shutting down, and the reason they're shutting down is because, like all six of the Chinese consulates, they are centers for espionage and counterintelligence in the United States because that's what the Chinese do because they're communists and they're working to take down our government, and so they do those things. By the way, this week we've had a number of major issues that we can talk about, but let me, you know, regarding convictions of spies, uh, hackers, and all that stuff uh, here in the United States. So the Chinese consulate in Houston, first of all, many Americans aren't aware that Texas, for the Communist Party in the United States, is clearly the hub for the Communist headquarters in, in the southern U.S., and Houston is the headquarters for Communist Party USA uh, in Texas, for the Communist Party of Texas. So in Texas, Houston is the hub, and Houston also just happens to be the place with the biggest concentration of jihadis in Texas. Um, there are uh, hostile jihadi organizations down there. There are over 108 mosques, and of the ones that we have looked at, all the ones we've looked at, we would assess that the vast majority of them are hostile, and we have. Um, so you've got a big communist presence, a big jihadi presence. We know, as a matter of fact, they're working together. And so it shouldn't surprise us there's a Chinese consulate there, too. And guaranteed they are uh, at the ground level working together with these folks. So what were they doing exactly that made Pompeo pull the plug and if and if all of the consulates are involved in spying i i think i read somewhere they stole i don't know how much 100 million dollars or whatever in in intellectual property or you know uh, why wouldn't we just get rid of all six six of them uh well that is a good question since china is hostile the president is trying to balance because i think the president was trying to see if there's any way he could work with china but he understands uh that the coronavirus came from a Chinese lab, mm-hmm. one of two Chinese weapons lab. Uh, our, we, we have some intelligence, although there's nothing, uh, what I would say, um, enough that we can confirm it. But there is evidence that our intelligence has that um, the Wuhan virus was intentionally released. And we now have evidence that it was released a lot earlier and uh, China allowed it to grow uh, and, of course, allowed international flights in and out, but not the internally domestic flights in, in uh, China. Um, so China, while they have six consulates, uh, the president's trying to balance the political relationship with uh, the real relation, you know, the, the spying and the military economic warfare that China's waging on the United States right now. And well, they are and they have been. Well, and they're, you know, I wasn't totally surprised to hear them say today, we're not going anywhere, because I'm old enough to remember when they stole the identities, China did, 
of the uh, upwards of what 40 something thousand federal workers from the GAO, which included family members of mine. That was back during the Obama administration and the Obama administration did absolutely nothing. Of course, that might have been around the time Biden was flying over there with his kid, getting his kid set up with with deals with businesses involving the Chinese government, of which he is still. A, a, a part of and you know, you know we're not hearing anything about that but I, I how are we i heard somebody discussing this today and they don't feel as though things are really that bad between us and china that we're really looking at a hot war but how close are we in terms of being at, at officially cold war status with china uh, well we're there okay. we're, we're we're there we've been there they've been at war with us we haven't been at war this is the problem since 9-11 we have enemies that have declared they're at war with us, including nation states like Iran, and we pretend we're not at war because we say so. Because somehow if somebody's at war with you and you say they're not, and I always like to use the analogy, if you go up to your ATM at 9 o'clock at night and a guy walks up behind you and starts punching you to steal your money, you're in a fight. You may not want to be in a fight. Mm-hmm. You may not like that you're in a fight, but you're in a fight. And you can either get your butt whipped or get killed or you can defend yourself and uh, and crush the other person. Uh, those are your kind of general options in life, and it's no different on the international level. You know, warfare is just an extension of the. It's part of the political process. How far do we go? We have been at war with China because necessarily they've been at war with us. We've just been getting our butts handed to us because we haven't engaged. We finally, uh, you know, after. You know, 20 years have a president who is saying enough. And he said it long before he was ever even considered running. He said this decades ago about China. They're eating our lunch and we're not even doing anything about it. And I can remember when I was working for the Department of Defense and they were just taking our intellectual property like it was nothing. The DOJ was not, I mean, couldn't keep up with the cases. Uh, and, and because we treat in some of the cases so lightly, uh, there's, there's not much of a deterrent, but the, the key for people, to, I, I just keep saying this, communists always operate along communist doctrinal lines. They do what communists do. Yeah. So well, why let, wouldn't you expect the consulate in the United States from China to be running a massive spy espionage operation, influence operations, information operations, economic warfare operations, and subversion operations. That's what they do. Well, right. And it's the same thing with Russia. Do. It's the same thing with Russia. I, I, you know, was anybody surprised Russia was trying to interfere with the election? I mean, who, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, a, another country trying to take over the superpower and trying to take out the U.S., you're going to be trying to, you know, do what you can, you know, to try to infiltrate the organizations. And one of the ways in which we've been completely infiltrated as a U.S. government and as a people is the Islamists that want to take us over from within that want to, that are happy to partner with the Democrats until then they can throw the Democrats under and then have us completely under Islamic rule, which is the goal. And nobody talks about that anymore, John Guandola. I'm about to lose my mind again in about six weeks when it's September 11th again and everybody's tweeting hashtag never forget. Oh, we've forgotten. Nobody but me even talks about Islamic terror anymore as though they suddenly don't hate us as though suddenly because uh, ISIS isn't the band banded together group with it with, uh, you know, a bunch of footprint that suddenly Islamic terror has gone away. All right. And I just want to, for your audience, point out that just several days ago, Joe Biden, the Democrat candidate for president of the United States, 
spoke at a Hamas conference, M-Gage Muslim Voter Summit, M-Gage, a Hamas organization, a Hamas front organization. And he spoke at it and propagandized on behalf of the Islamic movement by saying we need to teach more about the Islamic faith in U.S. schools. That that moves very closely to, I would argue it has, that's a violation of law because he is providing aid and comfort to Hamas, a designated terrorist organization. Um, But that's exactly what he just did. Well, yeah. Well, except if you were to ask Jimmy Carter, although Jimmy Carter refers to them as a humanitarian philanthropic organization, this is the battle that we're in in this country. And, you know, the the same people that will tell you that Christians are evil, hate-filled people because they don't necessarily agree with same-sex marriage will sit and defend Islamists all day long who believe that little girls should have their genitals cut off with rusty knives and no anesthesia and that women be stoned and, you know, for being caught being raped and that it, and everything else related to sharia that that which is what islam is all about don't don't pretend that it's not they'll defend you know islam to the death and it's 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 absolutely insane and but we don't hear enough about the the threat of islam and people need to understand that if we have a a joe biden presidency with even if he doesn't end up with both houses of congress we are we're uh we're on the i don't want to say that we're doomed because i like to be a person with hope but in the minute we have left with you describe what that might be like for us and as it relates to the threats that we face well first of all just to clarify your comments about islam you know go to the islamic center of san diego and watch what they teach their 11 year old children they teach them there that uh, the purpose of islam is to wage war against non-muslims until sharia is the law imposed on everyone on earth that's the purpose that's what they teach their children and they teach that same thing in dallas texas in Miami, Florida, in Wichita, Kansas, in Raleigh, North Carolina, in Cairo, Egypt, in Amman, Jordan, in Nairobi. Uh, you know, that, that's just, that's what it is. And that's what the highest schools of Islamic jurisprudence teach. You have on the ground communist organizations. Black Lives Matter is a communist organization created out of a, the Chinese-backed Freedom Road Socialist Organization the largest communist organization in the United States, and they are working directly with Hamas doing business as the Council on American Islamic Relations. You've got Muslim Brotherhood groups, ISNA, ICNA, and others working with Black Lives Matter. You have Antifa here in the United States working with jihadi groups and overseas working with ISIS and al-Qaeda. U.S.-based Antifa going overseas meeting with them to learn how to wage war against the United States. Folks, people need to understand this is at a very critical level. I encourage your listeners, go to understandingthethreat.com. We have a program coming up August 3rd, 4th, and 5th to teach you not only about the threat, but how to defend your community and dismantle these threats at the local level. Well, and th- we're the only ones in the country yeah. doing it. Well, God bless you for that. And I think you and I are the only people tonight in media talking about the th- this threat. And, and, and I, and there's just, and that's part of the, part of why it's so toxic of what the left has done exploiting the coronavirus because they've instilled so much fear in people that they've, it's a great distraction against the, the other serious threats that we face as a culture and as a nation. John Guandolo, thank you for all you do. 
Thank you very much for having me and letting me uh, share the truth with you All right. and your audience. Have a good night. All right. Now, stay, t- stay tuned because we got more to talk about. We, we had a major, major announcement from an NFL team today. We got to talk about that and and, uh, and the uh, debt that we're facing and this the next relief bill. So come on back. More to talk about. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K spelled K A Y E. Andrea K telling you like it is all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. And I had a nurse at, at uh, nurses at uh, Walter Reed <laughs> Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my ear go home and get me pillows they would make sure they'd actually probably nothing ever taught in uh you can't do it in the covid time but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move to get get me moving <laughs> had to play it again i'm still smiling about that no i'm th- i'm i was I'm sitting here giggling. I'm not going to out her, but I'm thinking of a nurse today who talked about her idea of a pillow and I uh, (laughs) use of a pillow. (laughs) Oh, gosh. You want to hear something also funny? I was telling Skins last night, we we need to end the show on something funny every night. Last night, we were cracking up over Trader Jose's and Trader Joson and Trader Minks. Um, Which is funny. I'm not sure if you're going to think this is as funny as I did or not. Or maybe it's just sad, DJ Potato Skins. So the Washington... Washington Redskins, after the owner said years ago, we are never changing our name. Ain't going to happen. Never, right. never, never. Right. Then he comes out saying, you know, after pressure from Sam Walton and other co-owners, uh, yeah, we're going to change our name. Guess what they changed it to? Did you hear? I'm afraid to ask. Washington football team. You're joking, right? No. It's like not even. A, it's like not even a name. That's a location. I'm not even a football fan. That is the most generic, right? Hysterical name I've ever heard. It's 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 monumentally stupid. It's like there's it's it's not even a name. It's like there's no name there, right? But some people are saying today how absolutely appropriate it is. Um, let me read you a couple of of tweets that I thought were actually sure. clever. Greg Price said, um, first of all, this is this is mocking. I was inspired by the bravery of the Redskins changing their name to Washington football team that I've decided to change my name to first name, last name. <laughs> nice. That was funny. Emerald Robinson. I think she's with Newsmax now. She used to be with One America. She says the Redskins changing their name to Washington football team brilliantly captures the anonymous corporate grifter anti style of America's capital city full of lawyers, lobbyists and campaign strategists hiding behind their LLC. Uh, which is true. Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch said, um, leftist running at NFL and Washington football team in response to financial pressure from leftist corporations officially destroy revered and historic reference of Native, Native Americans tied to the nation's capital. They are an enemy of history and memory. And that's absolutely true. But to me, it also, we were talking about this last night, how the left, they've taken anything from anything fun and any comedy and destroy anything it. clever out. So to me, that's why it's generic because that's, that's, they've canceled Clever. They've canceled comedy. They've canceled kitsch. Your new name is Talk Show Host. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow night to Talk Show Host Show.